So today I want to talk to you about revival and what is revival. And we have some, you know, just, just hear me out because the awesome speakers are coming behind me, okay? So just, just be with me for seven more minutes, ten more minutes. And they took my time down. That's a joke. That's a joke. So, so today I want to share to you about what is revival. And we're seeing revival, Pastor Mike Men, but we've seen revival spread across the globe. Started in, in Brooklyn. We head up to the East Coast. Then we, when we went into Indiana and the Midwest, and where we saw people coming from all over, Wisconsin, Chicago, Indiana, come on. We saw people coming to worship God because revival broke out in their cities. Come on. Then we went to California. We saw revival broke out across California this week. Come on, yes. Come on, one person, get it. Then this week, we were in Miami. We were in Brownsville. Come on. We're one of the longest running revival in the United States broke out. And Pastor Mike, our lead pastor, and the team was there preaching and prophesying and healing and delivering people. We saw, man, we saw a move of God. Man, if you have never seen miracles, signs, and wonders, we had an opportunity now to experience it in our lifetime. So we saw in Miami, God, God began to break man loose. We saw Pastor Pagani with, with Pastor Mike, man. They just, man, they just went in, man. And there was no, there was no safe place for any demon. There was no hiding place for any demon. Every demon had to flee. So what is revival? And now when you thought, when you think about, when you, when, when, when you thought go to revival, you think about, man, the revival means the event. We think about revival just being a moment. We think about, man, just revival is what we see. But this church has been in revival. This church has been in revival from way in January. And that's where I start today because I remember when Pastor Mike launched that series, it starts with me. Can I say this to you this morning? And you can echo it across your platforms. Revival begins with me. Come on, let me say it one more time. Revival begins with me. Revival starts in my heart. Come on. This is where it begins. Revival doesn't begin out there. It starts here and translates out there. So what we're seeing is a translation. It's transformation of what started in our hearts. We are the church. We are the church. Come on, church. Say, we are the church. Come on, say, I am the church. And revival starts with me. The word revival is a two-part Latin word. Re means again. Vive means live. So revival means to live again. Revival means to live again. Revival means to see people who were once an addiction live again. Revival means people who, who had generational curses and cycles throughout generation sickness live again. Revival is seeing dead things, dead people come into life again. Come on. Revival means to live again. 
I don't know what you're asking God for. I don't know what is your dead, dead areas of your life. But man, you, it can be revived because revival means to live. Come on, somebody, let's shout it again. Revival means to share a story with you. Listen, a professor in England was taking a group on a tour, on a college tour. And they were taking them to where John Wesley, John Wesley literally became the John Wesley like museum. And when they went there, they began to look around and they saw so many things that captivated them. But they said they noticed there was two spots, two, two faded, heavily faded spot in the floor and, and, and the carpet at John Wesley's house. And it captivated their attention and they begin to ask what, what is these two spots about? They said this, this part is where John Wesley prayed for revival over and over and over and over again. He said, John Wesley, come on. He began to pray for revival. He was relentless. Come on, church. Can we be relentless in praying for revival? So on their way out, they were boarding the bus and the professor began to count off. All the kids that were supposed to be on the bus, one person was missing. And when they went back, they saw this one person. When he looked over, he saw his shoulders and he was hunched over. And his knees was in the same spot that John Wesley prayed. And he said, come on. He said, God, let there be another revival and let it start with me. That person became Billy Graham. <laughs> the old school get it over here. Come on. We know that person was, he said, God, if you're going to do it again, do it with me. Do it in me. Do it through me. I want to be that person. So revival, so live again. God, let it start with me. Can we declare that this morning? So Lord, let the revival break out again. And I am ready to be used by you. Say, God, here I am. Send me. Send me to the highways. Send me to the byways. Send me to the, to the edges. Send me wherever you want me to go, Lord. Because I don't want, I want to be a part of this movement. I want to be a part of this revival. Do it, Lord. But this time, Lord, do it with me. So, let me turn, let me just close out by reading. Second Chronicles 7 verse 14. And I'm going to give you the recipe for revival. And if you get the recipe right, you will get it right. Remember one time, one time I challenged Pastor Natalie to a cooking competition. You know that wasn't going to end well. 
it wasn't, was never gonna end well. And when I was finished baking my cake, you know, with, now it's tasting time. So I gathered the children around. I was like, children, come. You see your father cake, it looks really good. But mommy cakes, there's something about that, her cake that's not in my cake. We were looking, we were looking at the same recipe, but I missed out the main ingredient. And I said, why is your cake so big and mine is so flat? She said, you missed the baking powder that was designed to raise the cake. You know, my beautiful children, they love their father so much. They, they ate a little piece and they'd be like, dad, I don't think I want any more. They're like, I don't want any more, dad. <laughs> but today, I don't want us to miss the recipe for revival. And here is it. It says, it was God was saying to Solomon. He says, Solomon, if you, if you read the entire chapter, he said, I know you're going to mess up. But just in case you go crazy and you walk away from me and the children of Israel, they begin to disobey me. Just remember, come on, that's not the end of the story. We can revive this thing if you do this thing. Come on, we can resuscitate it. And watch this now. He says, and when I shut up, come on. He said in verse 14, verse 14, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray. Come on. So revival begins with humility. Humility is not weakness but is willing to go lower so you can be empowered it's been willing to say god it's been willing to humble myself before him and and say god man i got some weakness i got some unforgiveness in my heart i've got god father father I've, i'm hurting right now i feel like cussing but i'm gonna like humble myself before you because i believe when i go lower you give me more power When I go lower, you give me more power. And that's what we need for revival. Not more flesh, but more of his spirit. Come on, somebody. When I go, when I let go, how humility is releasing me and increasing in him. So he said, man, power. Then he said, pray. Come on, to so pray. So humility, pray. Because what prayer is, prayer gives heaven access to earth. And earth access to heaven. So you want to see a revival? Come on, on earth. Come on, begin to pray. Because when you pray, come on. It's a pray that thy kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. Come on. So what prayer does is give earth access to heaven and heaven access to earth. And that's what, that's how we experience revival. And seek my face and turn from their wicked ways and turn from their wicked ways because we live in a culture now that's accepting of sin we have normalized sin but the standard of God 
is the same. Come on. Yesterday, today, and I could not have gone to my seat because I'm carrying this burden all week because we have normalized sin. But sin, come on. Come on. God hates sin. He loves the sinner, but he hates sin. Why? Because sin separates us from God. Sexual immorality is still a sin. Unrighteousness is still a sin. Anger is still a sin. Lying is still a sin. Sin is repulsive to God. So church, as we come today, you want to see a revival? Lay your sins before God. Humbly lay it before God and say, God, I'm tired of carrying this and I want to see revival break out. And it starts with me. It doesn't start in the school. It doesn't just start in a church building. Revival begins with me. Change my heart. Oh God. Come on, let's give it up, Pastor Chase. Come on. All right, man, that was amazing. Come on. He owes me a lot of jerk chicken, by the way. <laughs> I texted him yesterday. He said, I don't know how long I'm going. I said, I'll trade you two minutes for some jerk chicken. <laughs> but he, he went six over this time. I'm counting up all the jerk chicken. <laughs> we got eight pieces going right now. <laughs> I'm eating good the next couple days. <laughs> Man, I love what he said, that prayer gives uh, earth access to heaven and heaven access to earth. I've never heard it said that way, and it just like blew me away. Man, I got so much revelation off of that. Thank you for saying that. <laughs> All right, how many of you know that we are living in a time of sustained revival? We are in the middle of it, and God is using us. First off, I know he already did it, but I want to give our lead pastors honor again. Pastor Mike, Pastor Julie, thank you so much for allowing us to um, preach on this platform. It's such an honor, and we love you guys. All right, if you guys have been a part of Domino or a, a part of V1 long enough, you know that uh, revival started way before Domino Revival. Revival has been happening in our midst. People have been getting set free from addictions. People have been overcoming all kinds of things. We've seen medically verifiable miracles. My cousin at the conference was 60% uh, deaf, and last year her doctor told her, in three years, you're going to be 100% deaf, so start learning ASL now. So for the last year, she's been learning ASL, got to 60% deaf, went to the conference, and her hearing is restored to above normal. And it's medically verified by her audiologist. Insane stuff has been happening. We've been seeing so many miracles break out. We've seen people get set free from pornography, set free from lust, set free from perversion, set free from drug abuse, alcoholism. There's been so many things that we can't even name them right now because he stole all my time. <laughs> but the greatest thing that we've seen so far is we've been seeing people just get set on fire for the Lord and filled with the Holy Spirit baptized. And man, when people get baptized, they come up out of that water completely different. Have you seen the look on some of these people's faces when they come up? They go down and they're like, yeah, yeah. And then they come up and they're like a completely different person. We've seen so many things happening through V1. Now I want to talk to you guys about how 
to sustain revival in our hearts, in our homes, and in our families. So the first thing is we have to get in the word. Because how many of you know revival starts with us? Just like Pastor Patrick said, you have to keep your spirit in a constant state of revival. So we have to get into the word of God. If you stay in the word consistently, you will be able to get through anything. I promise you, you stay in the word, you stay in prayer. It may look like all hell is breaking out around you, but you will be able to get through it. We're going to, um, we're going to jump into Jeremiah 20 chapter 20 verse nine, but I want to give you some context real quick. So leading up to, uh, chapter 20 verse nine, it's, uh, God gives Jeremiah the prophet, a prophetic word to speak to the people. So he goes out and he speaks the word to the people and let's just say they didn't like it. <laughs> they didn't take it well. So they started talking about him behind his back, in front of his back, like to his face, all these things. And then they begin to strike him down and they put him in bonds. And he looks like, it looks like everything that could go wrong in his life has gone wrong. And he's at this place where he has to battle inside of him. And he says, all right, God, you know what? I'm not doing anything for you anymore. I don't even want to speak in your name anymore. I don't even want to proclaim your word. I don't want to proclaim anything you've said to me. And, and I don't want to talk to these people. So this is the thing that Jeremiah has been going through. And then we see that God changes his heart. So let's jump into Jeremiah 20, verse 9. It says, then I said, I will not make mention of him nor speak any more in his name. He's talking about God. And then this is the part that I like the most. It says, but his word was in my heart like a burning fire shut up in my bones. I was weary of holding it back and I could not. <laughs> yes, that is good. <laughs> it was in him so much. He got the word of God so deep down inside of him that what came up in the midst of all these things where he's like, you know what, God, I'm done with this. I'm not doing this anymore. What was in Jeremiah started to come up. And he's like, but your word is in me. So powerful, so strong. It's like a fire that shut up in my bones and I can't hold back speaking your name. I can't hold back speaking the words that you've given to me. I'm telling you, you can get through anything if you get the word of God in you. The next thing is we have to pray. We have to be the people of prayer. Let's jump to Matthew 6, verse 6. Now it says, but you, when you pray, go into your room. And when you have shut your door, pray to your father who is in the secret place and your father who sees in secret will reward you openly. Now, what I love about this verse is it says, but you, when you pray, it doesn't say if you pray. So as a believer, as a disciple of Christ, we are called to a lifestyle of prayer. We have to be consistent in the word, consistent in prayer day in, day out. So when we get into prayer, things start changing around us. Our circumstances get better. It's, it's easier to deal with things because God steps into the midst of all the chaos in our life and he begins to bring order and clarity. So you have to shut the door. The Bible says, shut the door. So when you shut the door, what you're doing is you're getting rid of all the distractions. How many of you know the moment you say, all the intercessors went crazy this morning when I said this, but as soon as you go, I'm going to go pray, your phone goes off. 
You get phone calls, you get texts, like 15 urgent texts right at once. <laughs> Everything happens. It's like the devil's like, uh-uh, I don't want you praying right now. He will do whatever it takes to keep you out of the place of prayer and keep you out of the place of the word. So you have to set in your heart and say, you know what? I'm going to get rid of all distractions. I'm going to put my phone on do not disturb. I'm going to set it on the other side of the room. I'm going to go into my bedroom, wherever that place of distraction-free looks like to you, shut the door to distraction and God will show up. I want to give you guys a quick story real quick about my oldest son, Ezra. So um, it's kind of funny, but at the same time, it's awesome. (laughs) So uh, me and my wife are like cleaning the house and I was like, hey, I'm going to go pray and read my Bible now. And she was like, okay, sure thing, honey. Go do whatever you need. You, You deserve time alone away from our four kids. (laughs) <laughs> she, she didn't say that, actually. <laughs> it was more like, really, right now, you're going to go and spend time alone? And I'm like, I was trying to. <laughs> can, we, can we make this work? She's like, no, nah, no, you're good. Uh, she's like, I'll go in right after you, and I'll have my quiet time. I'm like, all right, cool. So I go into my room. I, sh- I start to shut the door, and I notice a lump underneath my um, blanket on the bed. And I'm like... Is Ezra out there? <laughs> so I look under the blanket. He's hiding out to try to play PS5 one time. He thinks I'm going to be distracted and not see him in our 8x8 bedroom. <laughs> I'm like, no, I see you right away. And I was like, Ezra, you got to go out there because I'm about to pray and read my Bible. And he's like, no, I want to stay in here with you. So I said, okay, if you're going to stay in here, we're going to pray. And that's what we're doing. We're not getting on the PS5. We're not getting on devices That's what we're doing is we are praying. And he goes, okay, I'll do it. So he sat up in the bed, like folded his hands and like bowed his his head, closed his eyes. And I was like, all right, I'm about to go in. So I started going into prayer and then he started asking me questions. And I was like, do you want to get filled with the Holy Spirit and start speaking in tongues? And he goes, I don't really know what that is, but maybe. And I was like, all right, let me explain it to you. I'm like, you know, when I start speaking and it sounds like another language, I was like, that's my prayer language with God. And he's like, oh yeah, 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 I want that. I'm like, all right, cool. That was easy. (laughs) No unbelief in his heart. Like it's just go time for him. So I'm like, all right, let's do this. Let's go in. So I start praying. I go over to him and I put my hand on his head and I'm like, every demon in hell come out right now in the name. I'm like, I'm not even lying. I did that. (laughs) I'm like, every time you've talked back to your mother, (laughs) like we're casting things out today. (laughs) And he's like sitting there just holding his hands up. I'm like, let's go. So then we get through all that and I start praying. I'm like, all right, now you're going to get baptized in the Holy Spirit. And I start baptizing him in the Holy Spirit and praying that he'll receive the gift of tongues and then all of a sudden he starts speaking in this prayer language and I was like oh what is that and then I listen closely and I go Ezra that sounds a lot like what I just said and he goes yeah I was copying you (laughs) I said okay okay that's awesome I was like all right let's go with this I was like you just copied me your earthly father Now copy your heavenly father the same way that you copied me. Because what I do when I go to pray in tongues is I copy my heavenly father and his prayer language begins to flow out of me. And he was like, oh, that makes sense. Okay. So I start praying for him again. I go in and he's like, all of a sudden opens his mouth and just starts praying in tongues. And I was like, 
you got it, Ed, you got it. And uh, he's like, he's got a grin on his face. I'm like, keep going, keep going, keep going. He gets louder and louder and louder. And he's like, I did it. He was so excited that the next day I caught him FaceTiming people on my phone. I was like, what are you doing? Give me that phone. And he's like, no, 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 I'm telling everybody they got baptized in the spirit. I'm like, all right, okay. (laughs) You can have the phone. Next time ask. (laughs) So revival is homes coming to God. Revival are your children getting baptized in the spirit, set on fire for the word of the Lord, speaking in tongues, praying, prophesying. The next day he started telling someone who was like, I've been trying to get the gift of tongues for years. He said, well, maybe you've got the the gift of interpretation. He started preaching to him and telling him what the gift of interpretation was. And he's like, you want to pray for it? I'm like, who is this kid? He just got baptized last night. Let's go. But revival is houses set on fire for the Lord. The Bible says that Jesus himself often withdrew into the wilderness to pray and to get alone with the Father. We have to get so much alone with the Father that what comes out of us is his words. What comes out of us is his love, his kindness, his grace, his mercy, his peace. For Jesus, it wasn't a once a week on a Sunday morning or a Sunday night thing. It was in every single day in, day out, week after week, month after month, year after year. And when he died on the cross, we are still reaping the benefits of his prayer life, of his sacrifice, and we are seeing revival happen today. So come on, let's give it up for Pastor Sandra. She's about to take us, take us in right now. Oh my goodness, these pastors are on fire. Can you give it up for our pastors? So I want to give double honor to Pastor Mike and Pastor Julie. I want to thank them for their sacrifice, for every prayer that they prayed, for all of their intercession, and all that they do at V1 Church. Can we give it up for our lead pastors? They are the best pastors. I've never had pastors like them, and I love them so much. And it doesn't hurt that he's my son and she's my daughter in love. (laughs) I am thanking the Lord for the revival. I'm thanking the Lord for all of the intercession, for all of you that are rising up, that you're praying that you're humbling yourself, that you're seeking the face of God, and you're saying, God, let revival start with me. You are the fire. You know, it only takes a little spark, and in the right conditions, there is a flame. There's a big fire. And you may feel insignificant, and the enemy may try to come against you But let me tell you, when you bow low, like Pastor Patrick and Pastor Chase was saying, when you bow low and you begin to look up to Jesus and you begin to pray and you open up your mouth, the Father hears you and you can make a difference in someone's life. And I thank God for all the verifiable miracles I thank God for all the deliverance. I thank God for what he is doing. All It started in Brooklyn and, and now it's uh, in Puerto Rico. I thank God. 
But the one thing that I love the most among all of that is people are coming to know Jesus Christ as their personal savior. The backsliders, they are coming home. They're saying, I don't want to be complacent. I don't want to be uh, have a hurt inside of me from what my church has done. I want to lay it all down. I know that I'm chosen. I know that I've I have a calling and an anointing on my life. So this revival is bringing the lost to know Jesus Christ as their Savior. And isn't that what it's all about? Like you can be healed in an instant. But you can walk out of this place and never come back. Your heart can grow cold. But I tell you what, it's a good thing when we see people come back to their first love. We see people coming from all walks of life that, have, that are letting their uh, belief system, they're laying it at the altar and they're saying, I'm hearing the good news of the gospel through Pastor Mike and I want to know this Jesus. I want to know him personally. And that is what it's all about. And so I think about revival, how it's reviving us. We're coming back to life. We're coming into a place of refreshing. And isn't that what you feel every time you walk through those doors? Revival is here. It's not a one moment. It's not necessarily a tour, but it's a lifestyle that we come in and we keep the fires burning. Yes, you and me, we have a responsibility. So I think about all of the new converts. I think about the ones that come here and they don't know anything about salvation. They don't even know really what that word means. They don't know what repentance is. So there's so many people that are coming in that we want to help shepherd. That is the cry. That's the heart of our lead pastors. They want to help shepherd you. So we have anointed teachers that God has placed. We have connect groups that are available. We have membership classes that you can covenant at V1 Church. You can lay your roots down here and say, this is it. This is where I want to learn and grow. This is where I want to be accountable. I want to be consistent. I want there to be fruit in my life. And so I want to leave you with this scripture. 2 Timothy 2.15 says, Study to show yourselves approved to God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. There are four kinds of maturity, physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual. Listening to Pastor Mike's sermons will change your attitude. It will change your behavior. It will change your actions for the better. Why? Because it is kingdom living. You will experience peace. You will experience mental and emotional health. You will experience clarity and your family 
will feel it too. What would happen if the husband rose up and said, we're gonna join a Marriage Connect group. And the wife is like, what? I've been praying for this. Oh my gosh, my husband, he wants to join a Connect group. What would it look like if parents said to their teenager, come on, you're gonna join the Youth Connect group. We're gonna get involved in this church. What would it look like if the, all the people that's in the dream team began to serve and then went into V1 Kids and said, you know what? I think I, I may have a teacher calling. I, you know what? I love kids and I love to pray. And you know what? I want to serve. I want to serve this house because we have four core values, excellence, unity, freedom, and generosity and what would that look like instead of you sitting on your seat for six months you rose up and said let revival start with me let me find my way to v1 kids because i want to serve i want to lay my hands on those children i want to prophesy i want to teach them the word what would it look like if we rose up as an army in the church and saying, God, I want to be mature. I want to be mature. I am not happy with where I am at right now. And if you are, shame on you because I'm not happy where I'm at. I want to keep going low. I want to keep going low. I got a whole lot more to learn. So I say, Pastor Patrick, teach me the word. Come on, Pastor Chase, teach me the word. Take me, take me deeper, Jesus. And so I want to challenge you. This is your time to get all in. This is a kingdom lifestyle. Everyone stand to your feet. Come on, I want the pastors and the prayer team to come. Come on, let's, let's position our heart right now. Have you been sitting too long? Have you been getting too fat from the anointing that all you wanna do is sit, sit, sit? It's time to rise up and say, God, I want to start serving this house. I want to begin to dig deep in the connect groups. I want to take notes. I want to learn and grow. I want there to be a maturity about me that Pastor Mike can depend on me. I want to be accountable. I want to be consistent. And so it starts with getting our hearts right. So Father, right now in the name of Jesus, with every head bowed, search our hearts, oh Lord. Holy Spirit, we think our heart is good, huh? But we know what the word says. Our heart is wicked and deceitful. Who can know it? So Holy Spirit, go in deep now and search the hearts. Come on, we wait for you, Holy Spirit. We wait for you. We want you to do a work in us that our lives, our marriages, our children are going to see fruit that remains. And it starts with us, accountability, being teachable and correctable. So I want to open up these altars in the name of Jesus. Come, come. 
If you need prayer, come. If you're carrying a heavy burden, come. If you need to know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, come. If you've been backslidden, come. If you are dealing with a previous church that hurt you, come. If there is sin in your life that you want to get free from, come, come, come. God has a purpose and a plan for you. And I thank you, Jesus, that you're moving in a mighty way in this house. In Jesus' name, amen.